0: And here's a steal. Ignite with a chance. Henderson at the hole. Yes! Scoot Henderson to the rescue. Oh,
2: my goodness. Scoot Henderson ties the game with .4 on the clock.
0: This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to
1: BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Aaron Hawksworth, Joe Ostrowski, Kate Constable with you. The NBA draft is tonight. So many questions, especially at that number two overall pick. Jeff Goodman, Stadium Basketball Insider, joins us now, and he has covered basketball at all three levels. So, Jeff, I am so excited to pick your brain. I'm personally Team Scoot, but if you look at the sports books, it seems like. Brandon Miller is basically a lock at minus 900 to go number two overall. Where are you at with this? And does it seem like there is, you know, a a situation where Scoot and LaMelo could coexist there in Charlotte?
2: I don't love it together. I think both of them need the ball in their hands. Uh, Obviously, I've watched LaMelo play forever. I was uh, either fortunate or unfortunate enough to go to Lithuania with LaMella and the Ball family years ago. Um,
3: oh, wow. You know,
2: yeah, no, that, that, that would take a, uh, that's an hour <laughs> right there. That's
3: I a, want to hear all, all the stories oh, another plenty, time. I can't wait.
2: Plenty of stories. Plenty of stories we can tell on and off the air, but uh, the oh, thing wow. is, listen, Lamella needs the ball in his hands. We know that, and, and Scoot's the same way. You know, Brandon Miller fits. What Charlotte needs, number one, but you really don't want to go with need. When you're talking about the number two overall pick, you're picking on the guy that you think has the the best opportunity to be an NBA All-Star. And and I think, to me, what Brandon Miller does that Scoot doesn't right now is he shoots the ball. He's that that multi-dimensional, that versatile forward. You know, he reminds me some at the same stage of Jason Tatum. You know, Jason Tatum filled out, he got better. You can make a case Brandon Miller's a better shooter at the same stage than, than Jason Tatum. But, um, again, those versatile forwards, to me, have more worth in the NBA than ever, where uh, point guards who don't shoot the ball well, which right now is Scoot. Now, he's in that kind of, he's, for those that haven't seen him, kind of like Derrick Rose, a little bit Russell Westbrook. He's big, strong, athletic, got a gear, but he does not shoot the ball from deep.
0: Hmm. Is it as simple as, like, the odds would suggest that, yeah, okay, it's going to be Miller, 2 We'll see if that actually happens. If that's the case with Vic one, Miller two, is the top four, like the odds are suggesting, going to go Scoot, Amen Thompson, and then we'll figure the rest so, out?
2: So it depends what Portland does, right? that That's yeah. the hard part right now. If you're betting on Scoot being the number three pick, you just don't know right now what Portland's going to do with that pick. They want to get a veteran to pair with Damian Lillard. You know, obviously they can, you know, pair the, the number three pick and maybe somebody else and try to get another star. Uh, you know, they they have Shaden Sharp they can dangle. They have Anthony Simons they can dangle. Those are two really talented young players. So you just don't know who's going to trade into that spot. That's that's always, to me, the, the danger, right, of putting mm-hmm. – I would go, to me, I would go with long odds with somebody with long odds at the number three pick. I wouldn't put a ton at Scoot right now just because, again, you don't know what Portland's going to do there.
3: Should Portland trade Damian Lillard? It feels like even if they were to bring in, you know, a veteran player uh, who could be a number two to Lillard, they're still a ways away from being a true contender. So is Lillard's best you know, path to winning a championship going somewhere else?
2: Yeah, completely. It's just whether whether Portland, you want to do a complete rebuild right now or not. You still have Dame. You know, he's getting older, obviously. I uh, think 35 years old now. So how many more years you've left? I, I feel like now's the time to trade him because he is getting older. And if you don't trade him now, who knows? He was injured last year. He gets injured again. Then his stock starts to fall and you can't get what you can now. It depends what you can get for him. But to me, if you can really add some other young guys, you know, trade Dame, you 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 have Scoot as the number 3 pick, then you've got Scoot, Simons, Shaden Sharp. That's your kind of perimeter trio for the for the foreseeable future. And again, depends what you get for Dame. You you got to solid, uh, solidify that front court. That's the biggest thing for them.
1: How do you think trades will impact things tonight and what do you think the Pelicans end up doing with Zion?
2: Yeah, that's another one. Um, You know, I think there'll be a bunch of trades because the hard part is, okay, so this year's draft isn't great, right? It's not great, especially when you get past the, you know, the lottery. I I think there's some value to be had late in the teens, but then when you start to get in the 20s, it's just okay. Next year's draft at the top, not good at all, guys. Not very good at all. You know, this year's Mm -hmm. freshman college class is underwhelming there's no Victor in there there's no scoot in there. Um, the guys will emerge obviously but again you're not gonna you're not trying to tank I don't think for next year where this year everybody was trying to tank and they knew it for Victor once you started you know slow or, or knew you didn't have a lot Utah just you know didn't tank effectively enough at the beginning of the season but I think Danny ainne certainly wanted to. Uh, so I, I think there'll be some moves just because again once you get past like that 20 range, I think a lot of teams are going to want to trade out of the first round.
0: Uh, Jeff, let's talk top ten. So, if we're looking past the the names that we've talked about at the top three and the Thompson twins and Walker and Black, you can't really bet those at those numbers. Same thing with Hendricks. Uh, The last couple spots in the top ten. Who who do you expect? Any surprises that could sneak in there?
2: I like Grady Dick. You know, under ten. I think it was ten and a half last. I, I don't know. You you have it in front of you. What is it?
0: It's 11 and a half.
2: Yeah, I like that. Here, here's why. To me, the biggest thing is all these guys that we're talking about, whether it's the Thompson Twins, whether it's Scoot, whether it's Anthony Black, um, Case and Wallace could be in the mix there too. They don't really shoot it well. Uh, Grady Dick is an elite shooter. You know, 40% from three as a freshman at Kansas. You know Kyle Korver at, at his floor, and I think he'll be a much better overall player than Kyle Korver. May not shoot what Korver did from three in his NBA career, which I think was like forty-four percent. But Grady Dick is a terrific player, uh, and again, I just think in the need the need in today's NBA for shooting, you know, guys like Grady Dick and Jordan Hawkins, those are your two best shooters in the draft. I think Grady Dick moves up. I heard last night from one source that said that the two guys he's heard that really could move up are Grady Dick and Kobe Bufkin.
1: Mm -mm.
3: Kobe Bufkin, someone that I've been looking at to go in the top 10. It feels like he's been moving up draft boards quite a bit. Jeff, you tweeted last night that Nick Smith um, Jr. out of Arkansas, there's no way he's around by pick number 25. So if you look at his position on on, uh, the odds boards, over 18.5, minus 170, under 18.5, plus 140. Could he go – Earlier than, than pick 18?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, listen, here, here's the deal. He was hurt all last year. So I don't think any of these, these guys, these NBA guys, saw the real Nick Smith last year. Uh, I saw him two years ago. Granted, it was an AAU ball, but it was in the best AAU competition. And he played in the same team as Brandon Miller. And I walked away saying both these guys are top five picks. Uh, now, again, Nick Smith, all right, you want to tell me that he's not top 10? I'll be okay with that because uh, again, he didn't show a lot of bursts last year, but again, he battled through knee injuries all year. Um, man, what did you say? Plus eighteen and a half was the number for Nixon? Yeah, 185 and so a half. 18, 18 and
3: half. eighteen and a half. And you're getting yeah. plus one forty.
2: Yeah, I I like that. I mean, I again I just think there's gonna be a team and an NBA guy who saw him two years ago when he was healthy, and he is a you know, three-level scorer who's got positional size. Uh, he's a two, and he can really, really get it going. Uh, now, does he have to get better in terms of his explosiveness? Sure. But I think that that might have been just part of, of the knee injury last year.
1: Hmm. What's been your overall assessment of Koulibaly? Because he's at eleven and a half, and a lot of people have him going you know, 14 or later, and then some people have him going like 9 or I've even heard 8. Where do you think he lands?
2: Yeah, he's a, tough, he's a tough one to figure right now because obviously, you know, this is a kid who played with uh, Victor uh, in France. Mm-hmm. Not a big-time offensive player yet. So that that's the big risk there too. Great defender, athletic, uh, strong, great in the open court. But how much can he give you right away? I would tend to go, um, you know, to me, I think he probably goes late lottery there you know, in that 10 to 15 range. I don't I don't see him cracking the top 10 right now from what I've been told. But again, in that, that middle of the first round, it's hard to, it, right now, there's just not a lot of separation with a lot of these guys.
0: Uh, Jeff, I was taking a look at uh, some value plays for first round picks, just uh, sneaking in there. And it seems like the sweet spot might be plus 300 to plus 500. I'm going to throw four names at you. Tell me if you like any of them uh, to get taken in the first round. You've got, Trace Jackson Davis, plus 300. Amari Bailey, plus 450. Andre Jackson Jr., plus 500. Uh, Marcus Sasser, also plus 500. Like any of those?
2: Yeah, I mean, I kind of like Trace um, because he's a small ball five, and he's super athletic. He didn't shoot it well. But the one thing that the NBA always says is, is, listen, guys are going to get better if they work at shooting the ball. They are. So Andre Jackson and Trace Jackson Davis fall into that. They're they're completely different players. Again, Trace is he was the second best player in college last year at Indiana. And he learned how to play hard, which generally you don't do your senior year at college, but he flipped it. He also showed he could be a really, really good passer. So I think a lot of teams are gonna look at Trace as a small ball five, who again, super athlete, block shots. Um that works in today's NBA. Andre Jackson, a little bit different, you know, six six guard. Uh, who can't really shoot, but he does everything else. Tough, hard nose, passes, defends, and like was an okay shooter at times last year. So, again, with reps, hey, listen, we'll get him in the gym. J. Jackson's a worker. We'll get him to where he's, you know, a, a, an average three point shooter. And that's enough for us to risk a, a late first rounder. You know, a lot of people are, uh, I'm from Boston, a lot of Celtics fans. Uh, Want the Celtics, who just got the number 25 pick last night in that trade, um, that fleece uh, by Brad Stevens to get four <laughs> and, and two first-round picks for Marcus Smart. Uh, unbelievable. I, I never thought Brad Stevens would be this good of a GM, to be honest, but he's been really good. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think both those guys have a chance, again, because you're betting on them as workers being better, shooting the ball. That's the one skill that the NBA guys will say, like, we know you can get better at shooting the ball. We've seen it happen over and over as long as you put the work in.
3: Jeff, how much does UConn winning the title last year, is that going to affect where some of the UConn players go in tonight's draft?
2: Yeah, I mean, it did. It, it certainly did because, again, you know, Jordan Hawkins was probably a, you know, 10 to uh, probably 15 to 25, and I think he moved up a little bit because of that. You know, because again, the more you, it's recency bias, and it's also who doesn't want to draft winners, right? Everybody wants to. Ultimately, they always say it, right? We want to draft guys from winning programs. Doesn't always work out that way, right? Ben Simmons didn't win, obviously, at LSU. He was, they were terrible. markel Foltz was really bad at at Washington. You know, so some of these guys, are you a Washington? (laughs) Yes.
1: Uh, I, actually grew up in Seattle but I covered him in high school when he went to Damatha here in the D.C. area and oh man unfortunate
2: draft guys from winning programs that but but again not you can't always do that i mean most of these guys yeah. the hard part these days is again you're evaluating these guys who are in G League Ignite and, and you know overtime elite and especially overtime elite the Thompson Twins you know, I've, I've talked to their coaches for a while here and they're high character. They work their butts yeah. off, okay? So, like, Dave Lato tells me they're in the gym four times a day. And my take on that is, all right, if they're in, in the gym four times a day and you've had them for two years and they don't have to do a whole lot of schoolwork. They do some, but I don't know how much. Wouldn't you think <laughs> they would have gotten a lot better at shooting already? Like, wouldn't they? They're, mm. they're really not great perimeter shooters. So that scares the heck out of me. If they've been working at it, that much for two years, and they haven't gotten significantly better.
1: That's interesting because I was wondering if that if these non traditional paths, like you know the G League Ignite or the Overtime Elite, are we going to see more of that, or is it better just
2: to go the college route? So the difference now is with NIL in college. Overtime Elite had such an advantage a couple of years ago when they got the Thompson Twins. Right, they could pay them five hundred grand a year when they got them two years ago. There was no NIL. Now, there was illegal cheating in college, so they could still be paid illegally. But now, (laughs) with NIL, it's so different where these kids can get paid uh, and and make, you know, more than $500,000. I mean, you're seeing some of these kids get, you know, upwards of a million dollars a year to play college basketball now. So, that's where Overtime Elite won't have the same advantage it had a couple years ago.
1: anyone else that we didn't mention that you know intrigues you in terms of where they might go tonight
2: i like derek lively a lot i, I would say he, he's one that i think has moved up i don't know what his, you guys have his numbers around ten and a half
0: it is yeah ten and a half
2: ten and a half i mean that's about where i think he'll go i, I would have loved him you know a month ago i think he was probably late teens you know he's just something again like trace in a way, uh Jackson Davis, but, but super long runs the court exceptionally well, seven feet, block shots, alter shots. And what NBA guys have seen in workouts is kind of what I saw two years ago, not at Duke, but before that, where he could step out and make threes, not at a great clip, but good enough to keep you honest. So he's mm-hmm. somebody I could see, uh, you know, certainly uh, getting in that top 10 because he's just kind of, a difference maker in a way that there's nobody else on the board that can do that
1: jeff goodman stadium sports analyst thank you so much for all of your nba draft insight have fun tonight we appreciate you joining us i know it's a busy time love catching up with you up next we continue the yep Up next, we continue the conversation when we look at NFL divisions. The AFC South, it's a young division with some question marks. We take a look next. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM.
2: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit
0: your neighborhood store to make the switch today.